Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the people's dynasty podcast and this week's topic we're still ranking because it's a lot of fun to do we're ranking the biggest top 10 potential free agents for the 2021 offseason you can never ever be looking too far ahead this is dynasty this is not redraft this is not best ball you got to start thinking about the impact of what your roster will look like you know this goes along with roster construction where you're at, where you're going, and a lot of big names are going to be on the move in 2021. Going to be, I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's going to be the wildest, craziest, wackiest offseason in NFL history. Between the list of guys who are going to be free agents, between the COVID, the potential cap reduction, 2021 is just going to be bananas. Uh, no man of the hour and no man with the power. No Jerry Sinclair. Uh, Jerry had a work conflict and couldn't get her done. He will. He will be back on Friday for the three-team parlay. This Friday, we are covering the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Browns. So last Friday, I did a two-team steam where it was just me. It's all right. Got the math worked out with the Jags and Vikings. But this week, we're back to three. And these are three offenses that a lot of Dynasty rosters are wrapped around. But I'm not flying solo again. Woo! Thank goodness, because I'm I'm a podcast host, but I do better when I have someone to chat with. And tonight, I'm chatting with my old friend, one of the best commissioners in all of Dynasty. That is JD, a.k.a. at Goat District on Twitter. He's the man behind uh, the shows over at the Goat Network of Pods. And he's the man behind the Goat Leagues where we have so much fun doing various kinds of dynasty. I mean, we you think of a format with the exception of IDP, I, I think we do them all. And he's the mastermind behind that. But he's going to jump into some of these potential free agents with me. And we're going to get him on in just a second. Uh, the, the YouTube video. So I had one recorded. For this past Saturday, I recorded it. I, I thought it went well, and then I sat down and watched it back, and I was like, man, this is the drizzling shits. I, I cannot put this out on YouTube as our first ever video. I like the content. I did not like the presentation. So I'm I'm not going to run something out there that I'm not proud to put my name on. So I'll continue to get that another attempt. I'll look to get another attempt soon and get that going. Uh, Dynasty Happy Hour continues to host the contractor, and I continue to host them. We should have a new one this coming Friday or Saturday. Uh, this will be the 10th week in a row, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, the 
the week of 4th of July. As long as we can get it posted, I will have a show. I am absolutely loving that. And it's been a good time. I'm going to warn you, this one's a little long, uh, as I've already recorded the conversation with JD, and it's absolutely kick-ass, and it's great. This one's going to run just a hair long, so you've been warned. Uh, last thing is just a couple of things. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Continue to bring on new members each and every week, and they are lighting up the group chat. And more importantly, they're creating new patron leagues uh, like-minded individuals, I, I like taking part of them. I'm in one and three. So far, Jerry is in one and two and getting ready to kick off four. So if you're looking for a Patreon with a bunch of like-minded, active individuals that will also provide you a one-on-one -on -one, uh, working relationship, if that's what you need, I actually had one of our Patreons texting me tonight on my way home from work as he's in the middle of another startup. And you're just looking to be... In, in a group that you don't think that you're ever bothering because the chat's always live. Maybe your group chat in your league is dead, except for like rookie time and trade deadline time. You know, never this chat. I, I have yet to see a day where we're under 50, 60, 70 messages and we're always talking Dynasty. Uh, and that's just one of the many perks over at patreon.com forward slash uh, Dynasty Warzone. Uh, jump on in. The, uh, the water is warm. Five-star reviews. This is the last of uh, the, the things I'm going to ask you for. Again, if you're not driving a car, operating machinery, whatever, and you can pause and hit the uh, five-star, it is greatly appreciated. Now, I'd love to hear your comments. There have been some that have been funny, some that have been touching, some that have been just inspiring to keep doing this damn thing. But, man, I am racing to 200. So here it is. We are about 13... 12, 13 weeks away from the start of the regular season. So for us to get to 200, we need to have about four a week between now and week one. What can you do to help? Man, be one of the four. You know what? As you're listening, say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm going to be one of the four that gives these guys a five-star review. In our, uh, in our chase to 200, I would appreciate it more than you know, as would Jerry. Last thing, social media, man. At Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, several new IG posts over the last couple of weeks. And uh, especially on my personal account. My personal account is at Memphis185. If you've ever wanted to see me in the gym. If you've ever wanted to see my dog. Uh, my son play baseball. Uh, there was a funny picture on there the other day where my wife. So Sunday's baseball game was cold. And she did not dress appropriately for the game. It was about 70 degrees. 65, 70 and windy a, a good a good solid breeze and she was freezing so we have those bag chairs you know the nice big bag chairs that you, you pop out at a youth sports game and you sit and take it in mostly fiddle around on your phone but you know she took the bags and she put them on her legs to keep warm now i laughed and i took the picture but it was uh you know invention necessity is the mother of invention so she was warm at least she made it through the game without freezing to death. And uh, last thing, guys, if you're not a social media buff, DynastyWarzone at gmail.com. It's that simple. DynastyWarzone at gmail.com. You can, you can send me an email uh, if you don't venture into social media. Maybe you just don't like social media. Maybe you're an older listener who loves fantasy football and loves Dynasty, but you're not going to yell at strangers online. I totally respect it. Uh, but everybody uses email. 
uh, dynastywarzone at gmail. Uh, put listener question or hey Memphis or, or whatever in the subject line so that I know it's a question. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. One thing I've taken a lot of pride in is the those that have hit the, the Gmail account. Uh, the response I get is, I was not expecting a response that quick. We take a lot of pride in helping people here at the Dynasty War Zone. As a reminder, if you're not registered to vote in November, get off your ass. Get on get on that. we got to make a difference. That's the long-term difference. We can make short-term, intermediate, and long-term differences. Voting. Voting's a big deal in this country. So... Uh, I'm going to go grab JD. We're going to get this thing a rolling. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing the show. And let's talk free agents, man. And here he is, all the way from the great white north. No, he is not the man of the hour or the man with the power, but he has got the gift of gab and the gift of jab. You know him from the Goat District family of podcasts as well as the world-famous Goat Leagues. We talk about him all the time here on the Dynasty War Zone and the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. I know him as JD. You probably know him as at Goat District on Twitter. JD, man, thanks for coming on and helping me out tonight. Randy, it's always a pleasure, and especially now with the craziness happening. You know, just, just we're getting hit left and right with just COVID and you know the stuff you guys have going on down there south of the borders is not exactly funny to hear about. And... So anytime I get invited to talk about some fantasy, especially with one of my boys, uh, I, I'm not going to turn it down. So I appreciate you having me, buddy. Yeah, it was great. Jerry, uh, impromptu, had to work tonight. So not the, the easiest time to record, but I appreciate you jumping in. I did a solo podcast on Friday. And as much as I don't mind doing it to get the show out for the people, we know it's a lean time in the dynasty and fantasy space, the quote-unquote dead season. But I like to continue to put the content out, but it's always better with someone here to chat with. And one of the first things, before we start ranking and talking about this huge, ginormous 2021 offseason free agent class, I want to talk about some news that actually dropped recently, and that is that several Texans and Cowboys players, including Zeke, you know, Zeke's a top five startup pick in most formats, and uh, they've had several players test positive for COVID, and then... I think it was late Monday night, Monday evening, that according to SI, there are several NFL teams considering or willing to push back the start of the season. JD, how did all this news, whether it was the, the COVID-related uh, illnesses in the state of Texas and the, the willingness of teams to move back the season, how did all that impact you personally? Yeah, I, like I told you, I've been kind of in a... In a you know, locked in my own world here the last couple of days, my daughter turning four yesterday and then today back to the craziness with work. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of gave me that news, but just as a fantasy owner, uh, as a fantasy, fantasy fan and football fan, I mean, a not good news to hear, right. You don't want to hear any of that right now, especially, uh, I know you're, you're a UFC fan. I'm a pretty big UFC fan. I was actually in Vegas for a fight right before COVID hit literally two days before, you know, the, the stuff hit the fan. Um, so I was lucky to get back home in time, but you know, you saw how the UFC handled it. They've been kind of the model, I guess you could say when it comes to bringing sports back yet, they haven't done it with fans. And this is a scenario where you're not looking at just an individual and a couple coaches. Cause from what you're telling me, it sounds like it's a portion of the team. 
Yeah, yeah. From what I gathered, it, it said several. You know, that they didn't get into specifics. I don't know that they have an exact number. It's not like they said there were nine Texans and twelve Cowboys or anything like did that. They, did they get into details? Like, if they're if any of the guys have any symptoms like that, or they just kind of said that they're some guys that tested positive. Positive. Mostly that some guys had tested. From what I've read, I mean, I didn't dig too much into it. When I saw Zeke had it. I did a little research as a Zeke owner, and obviously he's a huge name in the fantasy and dynasty space. Uh, and Zeke, per his agent, is feeling fine, so he could be. Oh, uh, both, that's good news. Yeah, he could be both uh, a carrier, or I guess have the actual coronavirus, and not be feeling any symptoms. I mean, at least from the U.S. stats, from everything. I mean, it's about a ninety-nine. I mean, at, at his age and health, I mean, he's got like it's a fraction of a percent of a chance of having any real severe or even death complications. So it's not like I'm, I'm super worried about this from the, you know, the, the point that I'm really taking this, because last week's show we talked about the financial impact of COVID. If that teams have to peel back the 2021 salary cap, it's going to have a huge financial impact because as I continue to see and hear stuff like this, I really think we're not going to see fans in the stands. You know, Miami had been on the forefront of, working out proposals and projections and, and what fans in the stands would look like. And I think it's Hard Rock Stadium down there in Miami. But I, I think as stuff like this happens, I, th I think we're more likely to not see fans in the stands as much as I think they want to. I think both sides see the financial ramifications of not having people there, but I think they would rather not uh, have a, a higher risk rate of the virus spreading and having no fans and, and, and controlling what they can control. But it looks like the NBA is back on the way. I'm hoping as a baseball fan that we get baseball rolling. But I, I'm glad that you brought up the UFC because I don't remember the, the, the fighter's name. Uh, it wasn't Yoel Romero, but it was a, uh, a Brazilian. It was that night. yeah. And it was one of the Brazilian guys. He's a, he's a middleweight, a 185er. And both he and two of his cornermen tested positive the day before the fight. And, yeah, and that was yeah. crazy. And, and Dana White, they didn't shut it down. They sent him and his team into a quarantine. And they they moved on with the show. No one else tested positive. No one else has tested positive since. They've moved forward with Fight Island. And, and credit Dana White for having the courage along with, I you know, the, the new owners. It's not the Fertitas anymore. But they've paved the way. We've, we've slowly seen NASCAR. We saw the PGA Tour. Resume, and let's be honest, the NFL season really kicks off. If I am looking at the date correctly, it'll be three months from tomorrow. So we still got 85, 90 days to see what happens. So I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because the whole reason of talking about the, the financial impact of COVID and what it could do to the 2021 season, and then tonight ranking this free agent offseason class is that I think too often as dynasty owners, we get caught up in the moment of just playing for 2020. I've had some of our Patreons and fans reach out about, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking at my tight end, and, and, and should I move this, and should I move that? And I'm like, dude, it's June. It is June. We have plenty of time to figure out who our week seven by week tight end is going to be. You know, we get so caught up in the in what's right out in front of us, we're not looking too far ahead. I know you're a, you're a planner by nature. Um, it's part of your business. You You work in you know, use the calendar to your advantage. Are, are you looking a season or two out? Uh, Dynasty-wise, I mean, it's 
you know, it, it's kind of hard because of all the uncertainty, right? I think the one thing that you hit on today, I think I caught this today, where I think it was you that said this, the the nice thing, I guess, if you're looking on the bright side, the half, the cup half full is that it's happening now versus like, you know, end of August, we find out a team is is got like a few players with COVID testing positive. Then you've got a bit more of a panic issue because, you know, plans are in place. They're, they're actually in action at that point, whereas now they're still planning. Uh, I'm, I do have a fear with regards to these players maybe continuing to train together and all that if if this does end up being like a big portion of the team. Or again, we don't have all the details yet because it just kind of came out today. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I don't think there's going to be fans in, in the stands and all that kind of stuff. It, I, I know New Zealand, they actually, I don't know if you saw this, but because they hadn't had a case in like three weeks. So they, they had some fans in the stands for their soccer games um, and some sporting events out there. So I haven't heard anything since to see if they had any cases come out of that. Uh, but for me as a fantasy player, I mean, it's there's already uncertainty, first of all. Second of all, you, you know, similar like you, Randy. I mean, we're very similar in the sense that our rosters are pretty much competing all the time. You know, it, even if there's a bit of a replace to happen because of something happening, injury and so on, we're pretty quick at turning rosters around. So depending on which player you're looking at, like, you know, running back, I'm not looking that far ahead. Uh, obviously, your receivers, I mean, I, I don't know, because COVID affects this year, right? It's going to affect this year. We're going to talk about these free agents. I'm more, I'm not planning too far ahead in general, and especially with all this uncertainty. So I guess the answer to your question is I'm not, I'm not looking too far ahead, but I am using the changes in the environment, whether that be COVID, whether that be what we're going to talk about tonight with these free agents, like there's always opportunity. And that's what we do at the GOAT district. We're all about finding opportunity in fantasy. How can you capitalize on what's happening? And I think that if you do have guys that maybe are planning a bit too far ahead or getting too worried about, you know, the macro picture, there's some of these guys we're going to talk about. I think we will probably agree that it might not be a big, as big of a concern as it's being played out. And I think the closer we get to some of these dates with some of these players, again, that we'll talk about, it'll become even more crucial and become more part of the, the news. And that's where I think the opportunity is really going to happen in fantasy. So I'm always just kind of looking where the opportunity is happening, how I can turn players over in order to build my rosters, whichever way that needs to be. So as a contender or just building value or whatever that is. But I think that you always have to be fluid, man. And, and to me, this doesn't really change it much in that aspect, if that answers your question. No, it was a, it was a great answer. I'm, I'm always looking to invest in solid pieces. So right now your roster kind of is what it is, but I'm using the information. You know, two weeks ago we talked about the, the biggest moves of the offseason, whether that was the Hopkins trade or the drafting of Joe Burrow, you know, th those type of things. And then last week we talked about players who are potentially financially impacted by COVID. And tonight we're going to rank the uh, top 10 free agents, at least according to me. We didn't have time to sit down and hash these out. You'll, uh, you'll add yours and, and maybe some guys you would have moved into the top 10 or the guys that you would have moved out. But before we get into the top 10, I want to read this. And, and if you need to pause this and write these down, or you can do what I did. I went to Spotrack. And I went to 2021 free agents and I went by position and I, j I just started writing these down. But this is the honorable mention, okay? This is not even the top 10. This is the honorable mention per me, not JD. He's going to help me talk through my top 10. He'll interject some guys maybe that he had in. 
but be prepared to have your mind blown if you've not looking too far into this. So as of today, now mind you, some of these guys could sign extensions. Some of these guys could be franchise tagged. Some of these guys, you know, could get traded. You know, there's a lot that could happen between the middle of June, the regular season, and the end of next season. But the list is is staggering. So here we go. Aaron Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, James Conner, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake, Leonard Fournette, Matt Breda, Chris Carson, Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, Kareem Hunt, Damian Williams, Jamal Williams, and to put that in perspective, both Damian, excuse me, both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, aka every running back not named AJ Dillon and Green Bay are free agents, James White, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Keenan Allen, Josh Reynolds, Hunter Henry, Greg Olson, Gronk, and Jared Cook. JD, that's the honorable mention list, man. <laughs> you sent me that, and I was like, "Wow, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity happening in the next uh, you know 18 months for sure with I, all these names." And there's some significant names. You know, it's not a bunch of scrubs here. We're not talking outside the 150s. There's a lot of these guys. You're talking about the top. 10 that you ranked and there's you know a couple that are close to to that area and even the ones that are farther down there's some nice pieces here you know that that are important in fantasy so it's going to be interesting to see uh you know how how this plays out with a lot of these guys you know the, the one name that i wish i'd invested more in rookie drafts that i know you did you've been a big fan of this guy is is aj Dillon. you know when i was doing this research for this particular podcast i was like holy cow aaron jones and jamal williams are both going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the season you know and I know that you love the draft capital from your conversations with Jordan McNamara I know you I think you and I in one of our leagues you traded up like the 210 or something like that to get AJ Dillon after hearing this information and maybe you already knew uh, how excited are you for your AJ Dillon shares now knowing what you know oh for sure especially now that I already own them because you want to you know you want to kind of you want to be a bit ahead of the curve and try to read between lines, but you know a lot of it is is uh, as much as you try to do your research, a lot of it is guessing, right? So now that you actually see that these two guys, their contracts are up, you you we, Patricia's already shown us a lot of his hand, right? With with the guys with guys he's drafted this year, uh, I don't think this offense can be passing the the ball, you know, too much next season. They're they're going to want to run the ball, and as much as these two guys are. Uh, at the end of their contract, I think Dylan is is going to definitely become a big part of this offense. And, you know, like you said, the draft capital is there. And he was at a nice value. You could get him at the end of the second into the third. I mean, when we started the, the rookie drafts early, like all those degenerates were doing, you know, he was going third-ish, mid-ish, mid-third. And then all of a sudden he was going in the second. You started seeing him in the second. Those running backs that were on the third started creeping up, right? So he's uh, he's definitely a nice piece, and, and it's nice to see that value pop this early for a rookie that I just drafted, what, a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, and, and he's a guy that even if you decide to diversify a share or two, he's someone that, again, I always talk about, Jerry always talks about putting on your salesman cap. This is one of those ones that you just referenced this episode of the Dynasty Warzone. Hey, go listen to the Dynasty Warzone. Both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to be free agents at the end of the season. This is going to be his backfield. Maybe he you know, breaks out the back half of 2020, but it looks like he could be easily the lead guy in 2021. 
and, and you can make a nice tidy return. I would not be surprised if come season you could easily get like a mid 2021 first, and that's a nice cash out if you don't believe in the if you don't believe in the team, if you don't believe in it long term, you just want to diversify. I mean, for a guy that I know you were getting probably between in, in a super flex between like 210 and 302, that's a that's a nice return on on investment. Obviously, we both believe A.J. Dillon's a value. Uh, I'm going to start jumping into my top 10 as I rank them. Again, I roped J.D. into this. He may think I'm full of crap, and, and he may want to push back on some of mine. I will say these guys in the in the 4 through 8 range, J.D., I shuffled them up. You're, you're a poker player. I'm a, I'm a poker player. I, I, I shuffled them up. I'm like, man, I, I can make a case for this guy but I can make a case for this guy. I'm going to go into my number 10. So I'm going to give you my number 10. I'm going to tell you why I put him there. And then you can tell me if you would have bumped him out for any of my quote-unquote honorable mentions. My number 10 guy uh, in the 2021 free agent class to be on the offensive side of the ball. As ridiculous as the offensive side of the ball is, the defensive side has a lot of really good players in it as well. But number 10, Cooper Cup. Uh, and it was hard to, to leave him at 10, obviously, with my personal bias and man crush on <laughs> Cooper Cup. I yeah. obviously wanted to push him a little bit higher, but I, I had to be honest and I had to be fair. Uh, this guy was the wide receiver four last year in total PPR points. Uh, he had 134 targets. He had 94 catches, 10 TDs. And the year before, before he took uh, tore an ACL in the middle of the season, he was on pace to have another wide receiver one season. I know there was some concerns with his performance down the back half of 2019. I, th I think what people are not giving him credit for is making it a full season on an ACL tear, especially a late October, early November ACL tear. Uh, he had a better year off of the ACL than a guy like Allen Robinson and other guys. You know, he could have just been fatigued. You know, I, I don't know. I know the offensive line was very bad. And they shifted to a lot more 12 personnel. I know that Brandon Cooks is gone, but I know that we like Tyler Higby. But I couldn't not put my man, my original man crush, uh, you know, has since been, you know, lumped in with guys like Terry McLaren and Michael Pittman. But my, uh, my OG Senior Bowl man crush, Cooper Cup, had to be my number 10. JD, what do you think about Cup uh, both now and going forward? And is there anyone that you maybe would have slid ahead of him? Yeah, Cup, if I remember correctly, I know he's one of your crushes. He, he's a guy we were both buying going into last season. People had doubt because of that injury. He bounced back really nicely. Like you said, he, he first he proved he could play 16. He put up over 1,000. He put up 10 touchdowns. He was a wide receiver two or better 42% of the time. He And the first half, I mean, he was killing it, right? 50% of those games he put up, like he had four games where he was over 26, or, yeah, 26 points. He put up 33, 35, and then the two games with 26. So... One thing that I look for, especially for wide receiver two, wide, he's you know he's in that range, wide receiver two. Um, anyone that's a game changer, anyone that can put up those ceiling games, those thirty plus games. You got Brendan Cooks leaving this offense now, so again, some targets that are going to be available. Gurley's gone. We don't know what this backfield's going to look like. How many balls are going to be catching? Yeah, the tight ends are becoming more prominent, but. I also think that that was a, a product of the environment uh, the, the second half of last season, especially a guy like Higby. Uh, they're probably going to run out those two tight ends more frequently because they've got two guys that have shown they can produce it. Because, look, even um, – uh, what is it? Everett? Wow. G Gerald Everett? That's he was him. producing. 
yeah, he was producing at pretty good. You know, he was having career seasons or career games before um, Higby took over after he got injured. So they know they have two guys that can perform. This offense is going to change a little going to next season. They didn't perform as well as they did uh, the year prior to last year. So they're going to want to get the offense going again. And for sure, Cup's going to be a big part of that. If anyone still has any doubts of this guy, you know, he's 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 a producer, man. And like you said, he maybe not be that that sexy. I would use the second half of last year as, like you said, put on your salesman cap, put on your buying cap, right? Go out there and, and, and push the fact that second half of last year, he didn't give you the, the maybe the price that you're paying right now. And that might be able to get you a, a cup for a cheap, cheap price. But I agree with you, Randy. He's the 10th uh, guy in my ranking as well. Oh, good. I, I, I feel much better. I, I don't like to let my bias always show, but I like the way that you called him a wide receiver too. That's where he's going in, in a startup right now. He would be going between wide receivers 13 and 24 off the board but he's proven the last two years that he can be a wide receiver one I do think they find the money to re-sign him more than likely they've got in 2020 cap room if I remember correctly about 44 million bucks now obviously COVID could cut into that they have to re-sign Jalen Ramsey and a a few other players but the defense on this team is going to be bad so the ball is going to be in the air I love Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup I couldn't not put him in my top 10. This next guy is another wide receiver, and for once, I hope that he winds up with a good quarterback. He's a guy we all love. He's actually right in that same age range as Cooper Cup and actually a little younger than Michael Thomas. It's Allen Robinson. When I tweeted the fact that he was six months younger than than Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson actually liked my tweet. So how you like that? Nice. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he's only had two 1,000-yard seasons, but he's had three seasons of 150 uh, targets or more. I'm a big fan. Uh, I would love to see him get away from Mitch and Foles and, and maybe join up with a team that would really feature him with a good quarterback. I Top of my head, I don't know where I think would be the, a, a perfect landing spot. I mean, everybody would want to say Kansas City, but you, you can't put everybody in Kansas City. I wouldn't mind, you know, you know, seeing him with I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many good, like Philadelphia, you know, let him and Rager be the one and two with a guy like Carson Wentz. I don't know. I mean, for me, I think he's vastly underrated. And I think it's easy to assume because he's been in the league since 2014 that he's a lot older than he is. But man, he's actually a young veteran, if you will, for being in the league this long. JD, are you an Allen Robinson guy? Oh, I'm a big A-Rob fan. He won me. Well, he won me. He took me to a handful of finals anyways. I won a couple leagues, but he took me to, to a bunch of finals just because he's one of those guys that you could get super cheap the last couple of years, especially. And he produced both those years, his first two years in Chicago. This guy's proven after what he did in, in Jacksonville with Bortles as his QB and then here with Trubisky. I mean, he's just proven he's one of those guys that can produce no matter what the quarterback situation is, similar to a Hopkins and he's not as sexy. People have concerns because of the quarterbacks he's played with. But look, man, th- the problem with A-Rob is now he's he's kind of being purchased or he's going at his value, in my opinion. Like for me, this guy's a top 10, top 12 receiver easily in Dynasty. I specifically love getting guys that are approaching that, you know, the ages, uh, you know, what do you want to call it? The ages line or whatever it is. 27, 28 receivers, 27, 28 your uh, old receivers, you know, a lot of fantasy just shies away from them. For me, those guys are golden because th- those are those are the years that they're going to produce consistently. The guys that have done wide receiver one seasons, you know, we repeat it, repeat it often. Th- those are guys you want on your roster. 
And there's a higher chance that a wide receiver one reproduces at a wide receiver one level than a, a receiver that hasn't. You know, those shiny rookies or those guys with all that upside that we talk about. This guy's done it, Randy. And I know that you're like me. You want guys that have done it in the NFL. And you know what? If there's uncertainty about where he's going to be next year, look, he's going in a prove it season and he's killed it the last two years. There's no reason why this guy doesn't kill it this year, no matter whether it's Foles or Trubisky. So I love A-Rob. Uh, and if you can get a guy that's worried and get him at a bit of a value right now, I think that's a great time to buy him. I have actually been trying to buy him. I drafted him in a startup this offseason. I, I love winning with unsexy guys. These first two guys that we've mentioned, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, they are guys that you will literally get, and again, that wide receiver two in a startup territory between wide receivers 13 and 24 off the board that are just going to give you wide receiver one production. I, I, I know people love the, the – the, uh, me and my coworker, we always reference the movie Bad Boys. You know, the new hotness are old and busted. Now, these guys aren't old and busted. They're just not the new hotness. We always want the sleek, shiny, you know, that the, the new iPhone. You know, I, I think there's a psychology behind that. It's like, up oh, the new iPhone's coming out. I got to go get the new iPhone. You know, the, the iPhone, whatever, 9, 10, 11, they probably all still work real well and get the job done at, at a much less expensive cost. And I think that's Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. But I want to hit you with another guy that, again, I will give you credit for because you, actually these next two, you are on the forefront of these next two guys' value, especially the guy after this guy. But I want to get to Kenny Galladay, a.k.a. Kenny G. He was number eight for me. And he, he's at really that tier. If, if I leave a, a startup in both Dynasty or Redraft or even like a best ball, I know you got you and your co-host Dan, you guys are huge best ball guys. If I walk away with two or three really good running backs and Kenny G is my wide receiver one on my redraft best ball or dynasty team, I'm totally fine. This guy's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in spite of Matthew Stafford missing the majority of his career games the last two seasons. Coming off of an 11 TD season last year with the likes of Driscoll and um, I don't even remember, Blau, David Blau throwing him the ball. Man, I, I'm, I'm enamored with this guy. Ironically, I didn't, I didn't plan it this way, but both Cooper Cup and... Allen Robinson and Kenny G are all either 27 or will soon be 27. JD, this is our third 27-year-old wide receiver in a row, but I know you love Kenny G. Oh, I love me some Kenny G. I would have flipped these two. I would have put Kenny G, um, I would have put him behind A-Rob. I, I value A-Rob a bit ahead of Kenny G, but for me, you're, you're, you're picking at you know the little details here because these guys are both ballers. Like you said, man, this guy with the quarterbacks he had last year, he was just, you know, just number six in receiving yards, number four in yards per reception, yards per target, number six receiver. Like he just put up crazy numbers. And every time a new quarterback would come in, you'd think like there's no way he's going to produce. And he just did it, man. He's one of those guys like we just talked about those, you know, um, with. Uh, oh, wow. Sorry. With A-Rob, you know, not not always having the the top end, top tier guys at quarterback. He still produces. And Kenny G's one of those guys. He did it last year. He put up some serious number. He was, what, 60% of the time, just under 60% of the time, giving you wide receiver two or better, and 40%, just under 40% of that was a wide receiver one a week. And he was, again, like I talk about, game-winning. Anyone that can win you weeks, that can put up those 30-plus, those 28-plus fantasy points, those are guys, my, my co-host, he talks about those 300-points players. Like, he wants as many 300-points players on his team it's similar me i'm looking at what the guy's ceiling is if he can give you enough of those 
wide receiver one, wide receiver two weeks, but he can also win you weeks. Uh, Kenny G is definitely one of those guys, and Matthew Stafford is definitely a sleeper. Well, I don't know. Uh, sorry. I'm going to take that back because let's face it, guys. There's no sleepers right now in fantasy. He's a guy that I've been buying all offseason as cheap as I can. His value is getting up now, and people are catching up. But if you look at this guy's numbers before he got hurt last season and you see the trajectory that Kenny G is going on, you want a piece of both of these guys in fantasy. And uh, he's definitely, uh, again, if there's any worries about this guy because of his upcoming contract situation, I'll be buying Kenny G all day. You know, it's funny, as you mentioned, that you would have him and Allen Robinson flipped. I was looking at my first iteration of my rankings, and I did have him flipped. And what ultimately caused me to move Kenny G up one spot is that Kenny G does have Matthew Stafford, and he does and he does play in a dome nine games mm-hmm. a year, which which means a lot. You know those fantasy playoff games. You know if Allen Robinson it's week fifteen and you're in the fantasy semifinals and there's a foot of snow in Chicago, which can does and has happened. You know it's a lot different than being uh, in the dome in Detroit. So the quarterback play, the the field situation, it was small things. It was a very very minute one. Uh, this next guy might surprise some people that I have him so high. But you got to uh, go just ahead. Sure. Sorry. Let me just throw in with Kenny G because you talked about best ball and you nailed it. Like if you're starting with your first two picks and you go running back and it comes back on that two, three turn and you're in one of those early picks, not only did you get one of these monsters as at running back, you know, the, the winning percentage in those top picks are way higher. But now you can pick as you're like you said, you're getting a wide receiver one in the third round. And if you look at the guys that are going around him that you're choosing between, I know specifically, like, you look at Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper. I mean, Cooper's a nice uh, best ball piece because he's he's sporadic, but it kind of works in best ball. But then you look at the guys around that you're choosing between, you know, whether it's uh, DJ Moore, Godwin, Evans. These guys are all dealing with new quarterbacks. Kenny G is the only guy in this range that is not dealing with a new quarterback position or um, new quarterback situation. So for me, that's a huge advantage. He's like we talked about this COVID situation, Randy, and that's kind of why I wanted to throw this in here. If you're worried about the uncertainty and you want your insur- your investments in those first three or four picks to to be solid, for me, Galladay is like a no brainer. When obviously, with you want to spread your shares and you want to differentiate between the guys you pick, but Galladay is a sweet pick in the third round as your wide receiver one. You nailed it. Nope, you're right, and, and and you actually reminded me of something I wanted to share with the listeners. And that if you go to ESPN and search 2019 snap consistency, they did a ranking of the teams that had the most snaps coming back from last year, and that matters. JD nailed it. So JD, that's a great call. This next guy, he's getting his quarterback back, and that's why I moved him up. He's only 23. He might be, I'm, I'm going to put him as a guesstimate in the top three of your favorite players currently in the NFL. He'll be he'll be 24, I think, in November, but it's Juju, man. You know, I, I, do I think he's still going to be the guy who got 111 catches on 166 targets for 1,400 yards and seven TDs in, in 2018? Maybe, maybe not, but I definitely know he's not the guy that in 2019 only had 42 catches on 71 targets for you know, 552 and three TDs. I mean, he's not going to have the Duck Hodges. He's not going to have Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball. He's going to have big Ben back. And I think Juju with Ben will reestablish himself as the alpha wide receiver one in this offense. I know there's a lot of steam on Deontay Johnson, and I like Deontay Johnson. His ADP and cost has gotten out of control. They brought in Chase Claypool. There's still James Washington. 
But out of all those guys, Eric Ebron came in at the tight end. Out of all those guys, I'll still take Juju until I'm until I'm proven wrong that Juju is not the man. JD, you got to feel good that Ben's coming back for your man Juju. Oh, 100%, man. You're talking about an offense that ranked 31st in passing yards in 2019. And they, I, I don't know, you and I are old enough to remember them as the number two offense in 2018. You know what I mean? So the the, the big component behind that is Big, big Ben, obviously. And he's coming back. They've got James Conner coming back. You hope that he stays healthy. For me, like you said, you, you talked about some of that 2018 production. Juju was a beast as a rookie. We all know what he did as a rookie. You hope that 98% of that comes back, you know, as an owner, as a fantasy owner. He's going as the wide receiver 14 right now when I looked at FFPC ADP for super flex leagues. And, you know, for me, he's he's kind of a bit ahead of that, maybe the top 12 or 10 dynasty wise that I would be willing to, to invest. So maybe he's going at a bit of a value. But for me, the, this is the kind of stuff that, like Randy talked about earlier, you got to put on your selling cap, your buying cap, whatever it is that you're doing. And if you want to go buy buy those juju pieces right now, nobody knows for sure, you know, A, is Ben going to be 100%? That's the big key for me. If Ben's 100%, then yeah, I, I want all the juju all day. These guys are going to, you know, the, the, always be stacking. This is a stack you want right now in, in any best ball, fantasy, whatever, um, dynasty, whatever. But uh, the thing is, you talked about some of the pieces behind him, right? AB's gone. DJ has shown some prime, some promise in Deontay. And, you know, maybe that's a little more hype than it should be. And he's one of those upside guys right now. Washington, who knows? He he could go either way. He could be surprised. He could be like the, the value right now if you're looking at maybe you miss on Deontay. I've done that a lot in best balls. If I've missed on Deontay, I'll pick up Washington way later, you know, a few rounds later. I've even paired the two up in best ball. That's a nice uh, stack that you can put together. They picked up the little Canadian kid. You know, they, they actually brought in Claypool. And as much as people don't see him maybe being like a prominent wide receiver one, wide receiver two in this offense, they're talking like that's what they see him as. So we don't really know where this offense is going. We, we think that we, we're going to see, you know, the 2018 version of the Steelers next year. That's what I think most people are hoping is going to happen. And that's probably why Juju is still, he's still up there. He's still in those top 15 receiver um, values. But I think that there's still owners out there that probably are holding him. And they still have that bad taste in their mouth from last year. And now you've got, he's making, what, a million dollars this year? He's going to want to get paid. So it, let's just say I'm I don't try to decide like I'm not here to, to tell you what's going to happen because I don't got a crystal ball. I'm, I'm not I'm not predicting any futures, but I'm going to look at the percentage chance that something's going to happen. And that's where I'm going to bet my money. So for me, there's a higher chance that we see 2018 Juju, but there's still a bit of a chance that whether Ben's not 100 percent or whatever it is that either Juju is between the two Jujus that we've seen, and that still lowers his value drastically from where he is, right? Or you, we maybe Juju just whatever. Maybe it was AB or whatever it is. There's still that small percentage that he doesn't end up, you know, so so that is what creates the the, the opportunity there. That's what So that's what you want to push to the owner right now that's got Juju, and that's what's going to get you him at a value. 
he's a piece that I'm willing to invest in. He's going at a nice, you know, the, the, about the fourth round when you're doing the drafts right now, especially in a startup. Again, Randy, you talked about starting running back heavy. That's what most of fantasy is doing right now. I'm trying to go contrarian in my best balls. But let's face it, dynasty, best balls, those running backs are going quick and they're going early. So Juju, kind of like Galladay, he's one of those guys, if you pick him up as your wide receiver one or two in the third or fourth round, I think that you're off to a good start. So. Uh, let's just hope that we see the 2018 more the 2018 version in Pittsburgh. I think all of us in fantasy land will be happy. A couple of things that, that you said that I liked one. Yes. If, if I'm in a, a super flex startup and I wound up with a couple of running backs, like say you wound up with Kamara and maybe like one of the rookies, like Deandre Swift and you got one quarterback in there. So you went running back, running back quarterback and Juju was your, was your, you know, maybe like at that, you know, four Oh three or whatever. He was yep. your first wide receiver off the board. I love it because I'm on the record as thinking that big Ben will be limited and protected. You know, I, you're a Colts fan too. Ironically up there in Canada, we remember when Andrew Luck came back, they, they looked to protect him and minimize yep. the kind, you know, obviously he was throwing the football, but it's the kind of throws he was making. And I think the kind of throws that Ben will be making early in the season much more fit Juju's game than anyone else. But I also like what you said about Deontay Johnson. I'm using all that Deontay Johnson, Johnson steam right now to drive down the, the, the price on Juju. Yeah, I'll pay you a fair price on Juju, but I've got to insulate myself. I've got to protect me in case Deontay takes over this wide receiver one role or in case Juju moves on in the offseason. So I, I've got to get a little bit of a discount, you know, maybe, you know, I know we, we're advocate of trade calculators. I mean, they're not perfect, but they get you in the ballpark. If I can pay like 90, 85, 90% of Juju's current market, I'm in there, man. I'm yep. in there. I'm in there. All right, let's go to, let's go to our first running back. Let's get to a guy. I'll tell you, I'm torn on. I'm very baffled and confused. People, you know, I've seen him going in the late first round in startups. I've seen him going right around that, that 109 to 203 range and that's Joe Mixon and I'm a little baffled I'm a little perplexed I, I know we like the fact that he's still young but over the last three seasons he's been RB 13 in 2019 RB 10 in 2018 in his rookie year RB 34 now the upside is he's had two back-to-back 1100 yard rushing seasons but my concern is that he's played 44 career games and had 134 targets that's exactly three targets per game where is all this PPR receiving upside that, that I saw? I thought I would see it last year with head coach Zach Taylor, who had been in L.A. with Todd Gurley, prominently featured in the passing game, and I didn't. Actually, he only averaged 2.8 receptions, excuse me, 2.8 targets per game last year with a pass-forward uh, thinking head coach. They had over 600 attempts last year. That's my biggest concern. That's my biggest reason why I couldn't push this very young, very talented guy forward. I want to. I know they're bringing in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who uh, helped Clyde Edwards-Hilaire catch 55 balls in LSU last year. I'm still concerned about the receiving game, but I love the rushing upside uh, with this guy. Going to be the, the big free agent, one of the big uh, running backs. J.D., are you a mixing guy? I, I know about your wide receiver preferences more than your running backs. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like any of these these three guys that we're going to talk about tonight. They're, you know, these are the guys that everybody's drafting super early right now. These are the workhorses that you want on your team. The thing with Mixon, when we compare him to the other two guys we're going to talk about, I do feel like his situation is a bit different. So if you look at the coaching regime that's come in, you look at them bringing in, you know, 
obviously the high draft capital in in Burroughs who's coming in as a rookie they're going to want to keep this the, the weapons around him as much as possible right this guy showed really well obviously in, in at LSU last year they're going to want him to succeed in Cincinnati they've had a lot of bad luck with with these quarterbacks that they've brought in or just just overall with this team I mean this this franchise has just suffered as a whole so they're hoping that Burroughs is going to be that savior and they're going to make sure that he has every single opportunity Who's behind? Who's behind Mixon right now? Geo's become like the 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 pass catching uh, Frank Gore of of running backs. So he's still around, but at the end of the day, like they're not gonna build an offense around him or anything like that. And then they've got those those two guys they drafted a couple years ago who both spent the season injured last year, sixth and seventh round running backs. We all know what happens with that draft capital. So for me, it's it's I get what you're saying, but. Running backs are definitely a product of their offense, their offensive line, and and uh, we talk about it often in the goat district. You you want to tie your running backs to good offenses that are going to score points, that are going to score touchdowns, and this is one of these offenses. Like I talked about Pittsburgh last year, that have been in the bottom ten, especially in in rushing. They've been last year they were in bottom seven, twenty uh, sixth they were ranked in rushing yards. So, but that's the offense as a whole. Look, Mixon is going to be a big part of this moving forward. I talk about new regime coaches coming in and using the pieces that are there, seeing what they can get out of them before they make drastic moves. Mixon is a big part of this offense, I think, moving forward. In my opinion, they're going to get a deal done with this guy. They're going to want to keep pieces around Burrow. They've got nothing else. Let's face it. It's not like they went out and drafted a, a backup for Mixon or they brought in a, a free agent for Mixon. Yeah, guys like you know Freeman are still out there or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think Mixon's going to be a big part of this offense. This offense should be improved. If, as long as Burroughs can prove that he's he's going to belong in the NFL, I think that Mixon is, is a nice piece. Now, you have him ranked, obviously, a lot lower than I do. For me, he's a top six or seven running back dynasty-wise. So maybe we don't agree there, but look, look at the guys we're talking about, Randy. All these guys are studs. So when you're talking about buying these pieces and selling them, you're not getting huge discounts. You know, you're not going to get a huge discount on a mix-in. You're not going to get a huge discount on even a juju. But if you can take any piece of news and give yourself the opportunity to A, buy them, if they're guys you're interested in, and then maybe get them out of value or in a deal that you're happy with, these are the things, these are the opportunities. And there's one here with Mixon because they haven't signed him yet. Now's the time to push that. Like Randy said, put on your selling cap and get yourself some Mixon. That's my opinion anyways. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I like the guy. I've got my fair shares. I took him in our, let's see, we're up to Patreon League 4 as we speak. So I think I took him in 1 at like the 109. So I definitely like him. You know, I, I see the potential but I will, I will say this, if I don't see more of a passing game workload with Burrow and this offense, you know, a team that had over 600 pass attempts last year, if I don't see more of a, of a target share for him, I'm going to have to move on, even if he gets the new contract in 2021. This next guy, he's already said the H word, he's, he's said hold out, but, you know, he's got to protect his best interest, and that is Dalvin Cook. Last year's PPR running back six. 1,135 rushing yards, 519 receiving yards on 63 catches. And mind you, he, he missed a couple of games, and he, he missed a partial game in there. I know the one against Seattle for sure. Uh, still finished with 1,654 total rushing yards. Here's a guy that I could have had in my top three, but, but here's the reason why I can't. Top five I think is fair for a guy that's played in 29 of a career possible 48 games. 
yeah, he's missed 19 games in his career, and I know the ACL, and you know it's fluky. But if you look, if you just search Dalvin Cook injuries, or go to Player Profiler and run him through their injury predictor, it's not good. It's not good. So he he requires a heavy investment, and I think that's why I have no Dalvin Cook. Obviously, I put him in my top five, ahead of some wide receivers that I love, ahead of Joe Mixon, but. When you're investing that kind of draft capital, especially in a dynasty league, man, I, I've got to feel just a hair more secure. I love the talent. I think he'll get paid. I don't know that he's going to get the 13 mil that he wants, but I think five was fair. JD, where did you have Cook? Yeah, I've got him higher. I've got him in the top five from what we're doing tonight. But, I, you know, there is concern there. One, it's you've got the the injury history to, I mean, with any of these guys, you just look at Melvin Gordon last year and, you know, holding out and then, you know, basically signing for $8 million or whatever in that range per year in Denver. So, it, it like, the fact that he didn't get what he wanted out of it or, or, or what the running back community wanted out of it, it doesn't really bode well for these guys that are that are planning on holding out or that are holding out. But having said that, I mean, this guy is a crucial part of his, this offense. I mean, this is a running offense. He's When he's on the field, he's he's one of the best on it. But it's funny, Randy, you and I are similar in the sense that until he started going out of value recently, I did not own any Dalvin Cook on any dynasty teams. And he wasn't someone I was necessarily investing too much um, going into the season just because the, the guys you can get around him, the price he was going at, he was literally going as the RB4. So he was going behind those top three guys that, that we talk about. In some cases, he was even going ahead of Zeke as as the, and, you know, with, with the COVID news and all that, who knows? But, um, I, well, the COVID news, I guess that's not relevant, right? Because Dalvin's going down. But my point is the only reason I own him now is because his value is going down. His value could keep going down now with during this off season. My question for you is this, Randy, this is where I see the opportunity. And this is a lot of these running backs. We're going to talk about, um, you got to see who's behind them. Right. And I talked about it with Mixon. There's not much behind them with Dalvin cook. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Madison. He had two significant weeks last year. He was RB two in week three, but that's a week that Dalvin went off for like 143. Uh, and a touchdown against Oakland. So Madison was probably in there. I didn't want to rewatch the game or anything, but I'm guessing he was in there killing the clock. Otherwise, we just saw RB3 or worse, and he had one other double-digit game in Week uh, 13 against um, Seattle. He put up 11 fantasy points. So I, I'm kind of on the fence with Madison. I guess he's a buy because of everything going on with Dalvin, but I could see his value kind of shooting up maybe past where it's even worth investing. I just, I want to know where you sit on Madison. How do you see him as a running back? Is he a guy that you think if Dalvin isn't there, whether it's injury or contract situation that can give you that, you know, similar kind of like that James Connor coming in, or do you think he's just going to be part of a community and people are just going to be investing in a, you know, one of these like LA Rams situations circa a year and a half ago? Well, I will say this. Similar, I mean, obviously, same offensive line, everything that, and obviously a much smaller sample. But Alexander Madison averaged 4.6 yards per rush. Uh, De- Dalvin Cook averaged 4.5. So he, I think he can, do, I don't think he's quite the pass catcher that, that Dalvin is. Now, I was buying Cook a couple of weeks ago, and you, he's almost to the point to where he's getting ready to become a sell for me. Now, he is going to be, uh, hashtag spoiler alert, next week's show. Because right now we're doing the, the three-team parlay. We're doing the 
rankings of various things. Next week, we're going to rank the double trouble backfields. What's a double trouble backfield? That's a backfield where I think both the quote-unquote starter, think Kareem Hunt, and then his backup, think, uh, excuse me, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where both guys can have standalone week-to-week value. And clearly the case here in Minnesota. This was a top five, if I remember correctly, uh, rushing team from last year. I think they rushed for just at 2,000 yards. I got news for you. Even if Cook re-signs and plays all these games, he's not going to rush for 2,000 yards. This is a playoff team. They'll want to keep him fresh down the stretch. I think both these guys will have standalone value. Obviously, Cook would be an RB1 week in, week out, and Madison is a flex to like RB3 type on a given week, and if anything happens to you know Dalvin Cook, it's to the moon. His, his value just skyrockets, so from like a dynasty standpoint today, it's going to be hard to buy because he is hot. And I do want to move on to the next guy, but I want to hit you with like a little bar bet. So, J.D., when bars reopen there in Toronto or here in Indy, you can make this bar bet. If you go up to someone and say, hey, you know, f- fellow football fan, hey, I'll bet you Leonard Fournette had more rushing yards, receiving yards, targets, and receptions last year than Dalvin Cook. They'll look at you like you're full of crap. But actually, Dalvin Cook had more of all of those categories than than Dalvin Cook last year. Touchdowns are a hell of a thing. And when you have 13 like Dalvin did last year, it uh, it tends to elevate you quite a bit. All right, this next guy, J.D., here's a guy I missed the boat on. I missed the boat on him as a rookie. Uh, I didn't buy it last year. I tend to have some of that contrarian by nature. And uh, that's Chris Godwin. You know, you remember the, 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 the world-famous goat chats, me and Eric at the Shiva 82. He and I were going back and forth, and, and he was pro-Godwin, and I wasn't sure. And all this guy did was go out and finish as the wide receiver two overall, and he missed two full games and, and a partial. The game he hurt his hamstring. He did all this on 120 targets. Uh, but people also probably don't remember that he had a low-key 95 targets in 2018. Uh, they have plenty of cap room to re-sign him, so I, I fully expect him to be there. Uh, we don't know what COVID's going to do to the cap, but as it stands now in 2021, they've got $56.5 million. Uh, he just turned 24. Man, and, and I think if it ever gets to the point to where it comes down to Godwin or Mike Evans, Mike Evans' deal, he signed through 2023. But after this year, because Mike Evans is going to be there in 2020, but after this year, they owe him $44 million bucks over three years, and they can cut him for 7.2 in dead money over three years. So his contract is very expensive. Yes, they can afford it, but it is cuttable. J.D., where were you at on Godwin? I don't remember where you weighed in when me and Eric were going mano a mano. Yeah, Godwin's a guy. There's two guys. Uh... Uh, Eric, the Shiva, agree on, and that's Godwin and DJ Moore. That, and I know you're a big DJ Moore uh, guy as well. But they're two guys that we were kind of buying pre-hype, and it really paid off last year. There's a couple leagues again, similar to the A Rob situation, where these guys just killed it. You know, it produced above expectation. The problem now is he's going at wide receiver six. I mean, there's still room. If you even look at what he did last year, he finished wide receiver two fantasy point per game. Now you got Brady going there, improved accuracy at QB. The sky's the limit with Godwin in this offense. I voiced my concern. I have this general concern. Anytime a quarterback goes to a new situation, a new, especially a new offense with new receivers and vice versa, if a receiver goes to a new situation, there's going to be an adjustment period, especially with what's going on right now with COVID and who knows whether, what other delays. So those are things that I take into consideration. Having said that, 
receivers, you're usually looking a bit more long term, not as short term as you might at running back. And if, you know, people have concerns with Brady and he's old and like last year he was QB 10 in pass attempts, QB 7 in passing yards and deep ball completion 41.7% as the QB 9. So look, Brady's going to love throwing the ball to Godwin. How long it takes for them to get on the same page, who knows? That's kind of the risk, you know, the a bit of the risk that you're going to buy. If you're paying wide receiver two price on a guy like Godwin, that's pretty heavy. I'm probably not going to go out and buy a piece like that unless I can really afford it. You know, you've built your monster. You've got maybe guys that are a couple tiers below that you want to upgrade. Maybe you add a pick to them and you want to upgrade. But I'm going to go backwards. And I've already done it in a couple of my leagues. Randy is I this new. So the two positions that I don't mind investing in, like pay what you get for is tight end. Like, give me some Kittle, give me some Ertz, give me some Kelsey. If I'm if I'm if I'm a contender, I'm ready to invest, especially in tight end premium. And it's same thing with receiver. It takes a bit longer for them to produce. Obviously, you've got your outliers as rookies, but you you it's a position that I don't mind investing in once they produce because, like I said, the the chances that they repeat as a wide receiver one is a lot higher. And, it, you know, once you get one of these elite guys, they're key. However, you look at a guy like Godwin, I always look at where I bought him and where he's at now. If you have him on your roster, you didn't just buy him, you gain huge value on him. So if you can move him and pivot, which we talk about often on the GOAT district for a piece that you've got two or three tiers lower. So whether it's a Ridley, um, who was I looking at earlier? One of your guys, uh, F1, uh, McLaurin out there in Washington. If I can like pair up a couple guys like that and then get me a Godwin, that I mean, you just helped your, your roster big time. Getting myself a, a receiver that I think can get up there to that next level uh, in the next year and a half to two years and still give me that good production on a weekly basis, then I'm willing to make that move. But again, you, when you're moving pieces like this, you got to be smart. You, you got to look at, you, be realistic about where your roster is. But I see an opportunity with Godwin um there's one on the trade finder randy just to give an example to your listeners godwin and a 309 for kareem hunt tyler boyd darius slayton and a 212 so you're adding some nice depth pieces you can use they might not give you the the high ceiling that he gives you on a weekly um but if you're rebuilding and you you need depth i think that it's it's a piece that you can move as long as you've got uh, covered in other areas yeah, I I love Godwin. I, I've I've uh, come to the the Godwin side. So in our most recent Patreon league here at the Dynasty Warzone, I had the 111, and I didn't like the running backs in that range. I just I didn't. I so I took Tyreek Hill, and I came back around uh, with the 202 and went Godwin. So I'm starting Hill and Godwin. Then I went back to back young running backs. I went DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers. So this team is now super young. Now later in the draft, I added, you know, so, some win now potential in Kareem Hunt and Raheem Mostert as like some veteran guys until I can figure out what's going on with the two young guys. But I, you know, I, I to your point earlier about going contrarian with everybody going running back, running back right now. I I went. I had no problem stacking Tyreek Hill and Godwin. Another guy that I wanted to get, he went right in front of me where I took Godwin in that league was George Kittle. Now, I referenced him a couple of weeks ago on the guys that I'm not trading in Dynasty right now. I'm just not. If I got George Kittle, he's a unicorn. He's the 27-year-old version of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, I believe, will turn 32 in season, which by running back terms is not the end of the world. But, I mean, all this guy does is, and, and this is not tight end premium scoring. This is just regular PPR. The last two years, 
He's averaged 16 points a game. I mean, that's tremendous. He's had two back-to-back 100-yard target seasons. He's had back-to-back 85-plus catch seasons. He's had two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But where are the TDs, man? This guy's had five. Five. That's his career high is five. At some point, that number is going to correct himself and it correct itself, and he's going to continue to have those 85 catches, and he's going to continue to have 1,000-plus yards, but he's going to get you in that 8, 10, maybe one day 12 TD range. And this guy is just going to blow up. I wanted to put him number two, but uh, I didn't think J.D. would have any of it. We're going to get to number two here in a couple of minutes. But J.D., uh, I love me some George Kittle. You know, he's the people's tight end. I, I love this kid. Well, I, I, it's, for every reason you gave and more, I love me some Kittle. My two, my two kind of most important leagues that I that I you know put the most time into on the FFPC, my big money leagues. I've got George Kittle in the tight end position on both those rosters. I made moves to bring him once I had built the rest of that roster, and that's exactly what I like to do. That position. If anybody in your league is worried about Kittle, man, go out there and get him on your roster. He's just he's one of those. He's a difference maker, especially in tight end premium. And, you know, like I said, I, I rather invest a bit more and get myself that proven because, look, he's he's young tight ends. You're not worried about tight ends till they're like, you know, uh, what, 34, 35. That's when you start worrying about it. Obviously, if you're looking at value and so on, you want to start paying attention a lot sooner. But my point is these guys can play until they're old. So you get a piece like uh, like Kittle on your roster in that tight end preem position. You're locked in, man, every single week you have an advantage. I don't see San Francisco walking away from this guy. He's a big part of this offense. He's a big part of what they want to do. And look, they didn't win anything yet. So they're still chasing that that silver trophy. And I'm sure that Kittle's going to be a big part of that. So he's not someone I'm shying away. I don't mind where you have him. He's a huge piece in fantasy. He's my favorite tight end by far. Yeah, and I mentioned this on the uh, the ranking of the top 10 offseason moves in the NFL that the addition of Trent Williams from the Redskins over to the Niners, that, that makes all the difference in the world. Like I said, then you don't have to move Mike McGlinchey from one tackle spot to the other. Kittle, who is a good and willing blocker, can actually be out on more passing routes because they've got a, a I don't say improved because Joe Staley was a good tackle, but I think Williams is slightly better. So for all those reasons and then some, I'm really bullish on Kittle. We don't have to spend too much time there. This next guy, uh, I I could have put him number one, but I have a quarterback number one. We're going to get into that to a minute because, A, I play a lot of super flex, and, B, it's an ascending format with with the two QBs. But uh, Alvin Kamara, again, it's like I invited JD on for the perfect show, another <laughs> JD special. If you've ever followed him on Twitter, and if you're not, I'm very disappointed. It's at Goat District on Twitter. He's always had a bunch of really cool, beautiful banners. He's had, you know, uh, Juju. He's had Kamara. He's had a bunch of his guys. He just likes to have his guys represented on his uh, Twitter handle. But Alvin Kamara, man, all this guy's done. RB9 in 2019, in spite of fighting an ankle injury, RB4 in 2018, and RB3 as a rookie. So if you go points per game over his career, all this guy has done is given you 20 PPR points a game. Uh, he's had 80-plus receptions. I think it's the exact same number. It's like 81 receptions three years in a row. Uh, my only knock, my only concern, my only con, if you will, is is this the last year with Drew Brees? I think it is. I think if Drew Brees had to do it all over again, after all his knuckleheadedness, which we're not going to get into, 
but I, I think he may have retired. I think 2020 is Drew Brees' last season. I don't know what the quarterback position is going to hold. You never know what the head coach Sean Payton's going to do, but all I can do is play the hand that I know that I'm playing right now, and Alvin Kamara is a friggin' stud. So I love Alvin Kamara. JD, I know you love Alvin Kamara. Oh, I love me some AK-47, and yeah, you're right, man. Juju and AK are two guys I planted my my flag on, I would say, a year maybe too early. Uh, Kamara's another guy. Touchdowns just not necessarily there uh, last year. And, you know, Breeze is the biggest concern. It, again, different than kind of mixing in and that situation that you see the beginning of an offense there. Whereas here, we're at the end, man. Breeze is at the end. I just bought into Michael Thomas. I mean, I, I'm the type of guy, like, I, I want to win now. You know, everything I need to do to win now, that's what I'm doing. That's how I play. An opportunity I do see here, and the opportunity has been there, man. This guy's been producing at least you know, four or five, he's even giving you seven and nine RB2 or better weeks as a, you know, he's he's going super late. I don't even know where, where Murray's going right now. I, I didn't go that deep into the research on him, but I do think that there's definitely a value. And maybe when you uh, throw your, your two cents on, on Murray, I'll, I'll look up to see exactly where the value is for your listeners. But the, the, uh, Kamara's the type of guy, look, he's Obviously, a big component of his offense. If you're going to win this year in in 2020, he's a guy I want on my roster. Uh, he, again, the breeze thing is what what's worrisome. And Randy, you're really good at moving. Actually, I've I've learned that from you. Is just with running backs, just trying to get a little bit ahead of the game to move them before that value dives. And I've been lucky with guys like Gurley, where that values come back enough for me to you know move them for something significant. You don't panic. You keep them. Same with Kamara. I'm not panicking and trying to get him off my rosters. If I'm competing, I love having him. And maybe he's a guy that during the season when he's, you know, for me, this guy's going to be the RB1. He's my RB1 going into this season. I think I think he definitely has a chance to be even the fantasy player number one at when the 2020 season is done. But there's that risk factor on the back end. So you got to judge, again, where your team is at, how much risk you can afford in a value that, you know, is there. Let's remember, look, this guy's not that old, even if he goes to another offense, right? They're not going to bring him in to be a, a backup running back. He's going to be significant. So never panic on guys like this that are of elite status. That's the one thing I will say. Don't just panic sell some of these guys because you lose value on a guy like Kamara, one of these big pieces on your dynasty team. You're going to pay for it for years. But going into this year, I'm not shying into Kamara. I'm looking at running backs on a year-to-year basis, Randy. So there's no big concern for me. I love that you have him this high. I even have him as my one in this ranking. You know, it's I, I you, you mentioned my build. Give me one elite running back. Just give me one. There there are so many Matt Beretas, so many, you know, guys like that that can fill that RB two, you know, flex spot if I need it to. There's always guys, you mentioned Todd Gurley. There's a lot of people down on him. You can get him. I you know Kareem Hunt, if you have a Kareem Hunt share, if he's your RB2 this year, I think you're fine. As long as you've got that top, I don't know, five, six guy at the running back position and you feel really good about that, I love it. Uh, I want to get into this number one guy. Again, I play a ton of super flex. It's the outside of the original GOAT League, which you and I are charter members of. Outside of that, I don't play in any one QB leagues. Everything for me is super flex. And for me, the number one free agent, and he has a real opportunity to be on a different team next year, is Dak Prescott. 
Dak Prescott is my QB3 overall in a startup. If your name's not Patrick Mahomes, if your name's not Lamar Jackson, you are behind Dak Prescott on my QB rankings. If Andrew Luck was still on the league and still playing well, he would still be behind Dak at this point in his career for me. Dak, all he's done since he's been in the league, 2019, the QB2 overall, 2018, the QB10, 2017, the QB11, and as a rookie in 2016, he was the QB6. Good offensive line. They've got Zeke. They added Lamb. Cooper's still there. Gallup, who I still like in spite of everything going on. And Blake Jarwin. Oh, and don't forget his new head coach, Mike McCarthy. You know you know what he's done with good quarterback talent in his career? He was the head coach of Green Bay for 13 seasons. Of those 13 seasons, 11 of the 13, he produced a QB1. The only two years he didn't, 2013 and 2017 when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And how, was, how did Aaron Rodgers do? In his time under Mike McCarthy, let's throw out the two seasons where he got hurt. Let's talk about the ones where he played the majority of the season. Two, one, two, one, two, one, seven, one, six. So in, let's see, that is nine of 11 years together that Aaron Rodgers was the QB seven or better. And and now you have Dak with arguably better weapons than than Rodgers had there. I know Rodgers had some good guys. He had Driver and Nelson and Jennings and, you know, a young Devontae Adams. I I get all that. But you're not going to convince me that that group is that much more or equally impressive to what Dak's currently working with. So I, I I love the scheme. This was one of the top offenses in the league last year. And I know we like Kyler. I know he's got the quote unquote Konami code. You know, uh, Ric Flair said to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until I see Kyler beat Dak on a season, I'm not putting Kyler. Kyler's my, you know, he's my 4-5. Depends on how I woke up and what I had for breakfast between Kyler and Deshaun Watson. But uh, Dak Dak is firmly locked in as my three, and I think one of the best values. Uh, I recently did, again, a, a startup on our Patreon. He was the... Uh, fifth quarterback off the board. I thought that was too, too late. So, J.D., where are you at with Dak? Are you a Dak guy? Yeah, I love me some Dak. He's definitely in those top six. I would say you can mix those top six. Uh, you know, you talked about Watson, throw Russell Wilson in there, Kyler Murray's in there for me, and then the top two monsters at the top. But he's he's a guy I was selling after the season in, t- in either SF or Superflex teams where I needed to build depth. And if it's a one QB and I just I'm not I don't invest highly at that position in one QB. So he was a piece that I didn't mind moving if I could build some value just because of how well they did in the first half of last season versus the second half. There was a huge difference there. You know, that's again, minor details when you're looking at these top quarterbacks. I could see how you love Dak. There are I guess there's there's concerns. I mean, we'll see before July 15th if they if they do sign him or not. I don't I don't know. The the kid's obviously impressive. I was trying to I know you threw in like a bunch of stats. And if you threw this one out already, I apologize. But the fact that this guy for eight percent of his games in the last two years was QB three or worse that's ridiculous. Like he he was 92 percent of the time he's giving you wide receiver, sorry, quarterback two or better. And 62% of that in the last two years is as a QB one. So he's definitely been consistent. He's got the weapons. And if you think about what they've done, they brought in CD who they did not think they can, they could get in this draft, which smart move. They bring him in. Now they've got him for the next four years on a rookie contract. 
So they can run with him and Gallup. Cooper, they move him. I don't I don't know exactly the situation. Maybe you can comment, uh, Randy. I know you're more on top of, of some of these contract situations. But to me, it's it's clear that they're going to sign him. Like, I just don't see the Cowboys signing Dak. He's done so well for them. They're still on a mission, similar to what I said about San Fran. They're still on that mission to get the Super Bowl, to get to the Super Bowl, and to win that trophy. So for me, it's not easy to find quarterbacks, man. We've we've all seen it. You know, they they brought in Dalton, and he's a great he's a great backup and all. And maybe with a, a injury opportunity or whatever, he gets he gets the opportunity, and he shines. But for me, once you've got something that's proven at a at such a crucial position. The Dallas Cowboys quarterback position, probably the most important position maybe in sports, right? And they've got one that's been successful. Randy, you've shown his track record. I don't see the Cowboys moving him. So if you want long-term peace, like you said, Randy, and you value that quarterback position in Superflex, he's a great he's a great piece to draft. But I don't know that I'm going out to buy him at his price right now. No, I agree. And I, th- I really think that he could Kirk Cousins his way out of Dallas. Now, if he refuses to sign a long-term deal, he's on the exclusive rights uh, franchise tag this year, which pays him about $31 million. Well, if, if they do not get a long-term deal done and they try to franchise tag him next year, that's $37.6 million next year. And to put that in perspective, Dallas has $36 million in cap room next year. So they would have to cut a veteran to make room for him. And then then that means their 2020 off-season budget, and again, that's minus no COVID nonsense, but let's just say everything holds the same, the, the salary cap's the same. That means the franchise tag him a second time, there goes all your off-season budget. You can't bring in any new free agents. Uh, you can't get rid of Amari Cooper until at least 2022 with the way his cap, uh, the way his contract and cap numbers are, are written, he could really force his way out of town. And because of that, I'll throw you in a little low-key, sneaky, sneaky buy uh, going in this time next year. May- maybe Dallas and McCarthy and Kellen Moore, the OC, and Jarrah, the owner, may- maybe they like Andy Dalton. They're just like, you know what? We would much rather, we would much rather just say, you know what? We can pay Andy Dalton $12 million a year. We can go out and pick up a couple of defensive free agents because, again, you think the offensive side of the ball is good. The defensive side, also pretty darn good in 2021. So th- that's my one thing, is that Dak is uh, a different dude. Uh, there's word on the street that he turned down a $175 million deal. Over, Damn. Over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of uh, negotiating power. But yeah. th- th- there they are, J.D. That that was my top ten, man. I, uh, I appreciate you jumping on and providing – such great context and uh, nuance to all the things I was talking about. Yeah, man, always a blast, buddy. This is this has been a ton of fun. We had a, a couple differences, but look, these guys are all top end pieces, so they're definitely important pieces to know about and be on the ball about. So hopefully, Fantasyland got something out of this, and and they can uh, end this podcast and and go get themselves some some trades going, get some trades happening, always be trading. I was getting ready to say, speaking of always be trading, please tell me and uh, the listeners. Uh, what's going on the goat district i know you and dan you guys have got like this whole network thing you guys are a uh, role model and an inspiration to to guys like me and jerry who are trying to add a few shows uh coming into this regular season what's going on with you guys from ballin to the goat district just what's up 
Yeah, man, we dropped the GOAT district on the regular. We keep bringing in the guests. We've, we had Dave Richard of CBS. We had Izzy from DTC. We've had, uh, we just had a, a big Canadian crew on. I just, the last show that I'm about to drop uh, in the next couple of days was with John Bosch and my boy Russ Outhouse. And we did a commish special that I'll be dropping uh, later this week. And uh, yeah, man, just always good guests coming on the GOAT district. We have Ballin. We've, we've been a little light on the Ballin episodes the last few weeks just due to the COVID readjustment. We, we haven't been as available as, as we wanted to, but we'll be bringing that back very quickly and often. And then we've got the quarter milli billies that'll be back as the half milli billies. And we've got our entry into the FFPC uh, half a million dollar grand prize uh, football guys championship. So we'll be bringing that to you. Look for us. Check us out on um, Instagram, Goat District FF. And uh, check out Randy on Instagram if you're not already, man. Like really good follow and not just for fantasy, whether you're into working out, squats, health randy's got it all in there man it's definitely an entertaining follow so um thanks for having me brother always a blast and uh, i hope to get you on the goat district very soon my friend you know me uh, i'm always willing to podcast and, and one thing that i want to say you should be as a dynasty podcast listener consuming the war zone the goat district podcast is very good but he is underselling the quarter now half milli billies uh, that FFPC main events, no, no joke. It's very pricey. And I loved how you and Dan chronicled your guys' journey through the season last year. So make sure you're tuning into all that. I know this one ran just a hair long, but you know what? When you have a guest, the, the quality of JD, <laughs> it's you, my fault. Uh, no, man, no, 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 no. When the, when the conversation's flowing, you keep it going is what we do here at the dynasty war zone. But, but nice. J- JD is always a great guest to have on. He's a great follow everywhere. And on behalf of Mr. JD, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here on Friday with a three-team parlay. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime-a-dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands of monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say... My favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. 
tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. <laughs>